Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, this is Alan Blaine, and I am fired up to interview our special guest today, Dr. Justin Mosley. Dr. Justin Mosley, a.k.a. The Mindset Doctor, is a chiropractor turned highly sought-after international speaker and transformation coach. After surviving a near-death accident in 2018, Dr. Justin shifted from changing lives in his own clinic to changing lives of small business owners, entrepreneurs, chiropractors, and other professionals so they could achieve more success and abundance in their businesses and their lives. Dr. Justin is a TEDx speaker, and his thought leadership has been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. He is the host of the Mindset Doctor podcast, the Power of Mindset Summit, and the Comfort to Calling Summit. He is also a former radio show host on Nashville's largest talk radio station, Dr. Justin is the founder of MindShift Masterminds, a mastermind group that helps business professionals achieve sustainable abundance in life and business. Dr. Justin helps people master their minds so they can get out of their own way, step into their power, and become the highest version of themselves so they can unlock their full potential, fulfill their deepest desires, and create next-level success and abundance in their businesses and everyday life. Dr. Justin, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. Are you ready for this? Absolutely. I'm excited for this conversation. I have been looking forward to this for many, many weeks. So thank you for hopping on here with us to share some more of your story. I've shared a little bit for the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience of your background, just a brief intro. But if you could go back and just share a little more of who you are, your background, and bring us up to how you got to where you are today, that'd be a fun way to start. Yeah. So like you mentioned, I'm a chiropractor by trade. My wife's a chiropractor as well. And we have a clinic just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And we opened that clinic back in 2012, built a very successful clinic, helping people, making a difference. I was living my purpose. And then 2018, I went on a men's retreat and we went whitewater rafting and it was a beautiful day, nice and sunny. Everything was going great. Until we got to the class five rapids and I was actually sitting in the back of the raft and our raft tipped over and I was in the back and I got trapped underneath the rapid itself and it started pushing me underwater. And I still remember the sound of my helmet scraping down the rocks as I was getting pushed underwater and everything went black. I lost consciousness and then everything went bright white and it was the most peaceful, serene feeling I'd ever felt in my life. And then I don't know how long that lasted, probably seconds, but it felt like minutes. And I heard a voice that said, wake up. And thankfully I did because I came back to consciousness and I was trapped underwater wedged between two rocks. And I tried to push and I didn't budge. And I kept pushing, I kept pushing and nothing happened. Thankfully, my adrenaline kicked in. For anybody who's ever been held underwater way too long, you get that fight or flight kicks in. My adrenaline kicked in and I broke the buckle on my life jacket, floated to the top and gasped for breath. It got swept down the river. And at that point I was rocked. I was like, what just happened? And for all of us, we all question our purpose. Like, why are we here? I'm going to ask a different question. I said, why am I still here? Because things could have been different in that moment. What if I didn't hear that voice that said, wake up? 
what if I wasn't strong enough to break free? And what I started to contemplate was, and I'd been living my purpose, but I was playing way too small. And I knew that if I truly wanted to walk out the calling that God had on my life, I needed to exchange my comfort for my calling. And that's kind of became my message. I went all in on that because I want to help people get out of their comfort zone and really go for it. Because I believe we're all called for more. We all have potential. And that's why I love a podcast like this is people that are striving to become the best version of themselves. And that's really what I want to help people to do is get unlocked, step out of your comfort zone and go for more because life is too short. And that's one of the questions I asked as I was sitting on the side of the river. I was like, what if it all would have ended right now? Is this a legacy I want to leave? And the answer was no. I knew I want to make a bigger impact, make a bigger difference, and help more people in this world. So that's when I made a shift. My wife took over the practice from then, and I went all in on speaking, coaching, helping people just transform their lives so they can achieve more abundance in their life. I love it. I love it so much. And I've said for many years now, all growth really takes place outside of our comfort zone. If we just stay in our comfort zone, that's not where growth takes place and transformation takes place. So I want to get this picture right. That's a crazy story. So was it the life jacket, not to get off in the weeds, but was it the life jacket that was actually wedged in the rocks? Yeah, the buckle got caught underneath the rock. Yeah. So I was in between two rocks and that buckle is what actually kept me underneath And thankfully, I was able to break that and float it to the top. Wow. And that was in 2018, I think you said, correct? 2018. So it's been roughly five years ago. Yeah, yeah. And that was the turning point when you realized, if if I got this right, that you weren't living your calling, you weren't living your purpose, that there was more. And you shifted into this whole coaching and training and mindset space. Is that a fair way to say it? Yeah, because really after that, I was like, I know I'm called for more, but I don't know what that looks like. So I stepped back and I was like, if money wasn't the issue, if I could just do something that really brought me joy and helped a lot of people, what would I do? Yeah. And I was like, I just want to put out content on mindset and personal growth and development because it changed my life. I know it will help other people. I mean, I read my first Tony Robbins book when I was 16. I actually still have the original copy over here, (laughs) Awaken the Giant Within. And that's what really spawned me on this path of personal growth and development, realizing if we change our mind, we can change our life. And I've studied that for years. There was a 10-year period. I read over 100 books a year, just constantly consuming knowledge. And I was like, I've consumed this knowledge for so many years. I want to give this out to people. And at first I was like, I don't even know if anybody's going to listen. I'm just going to put myself out there. I mean, I think anybody that starts a podcast has that same thought. Like, is anybody going to listen to this? Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, But I started, I started a Facebook group in the first of 2020 and it grew to a thousand people in the first month. So I was like, okay, people are listening. And I just kept putting out stuff. I was interviewing people. I started running a couple summits where I interviewed 50 different speakers, each summit And yeah, people just kept wanting more. It led to me running mastermind groups, running retreats, doing coaching, and really just making a bigger impact. So in 2018, once you had this revelation, I'm going to call it this epiphany, this aha moment, and you said, what would I do if money was no issue? I would help people with their mindset. I would coach them. I would help them out. That's what gives me life. That's what gives me energy. What was the first thing you did? Was it the Facebook group? Was that kind of the first step? The first part, I guess, was really reflecting because I think a lot of people are searching for their purpose and not realizing it's already within you and looking around and like, what are your experiences, the things that you've been through? 
because you were most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So for me, I looked at all that I had went through and the success that I had achieved up until that point was because of the work that I'd done on myself. And at that time, again, we'd had a chiropractic clinic. I'd had other chiropractors reaching out to me since about 2015. I was kind of coaching chiropractors behind the scenes it's just because they were struggling. And they're like, man, can you help me? But it was never the business. It wasn't their systems or procedures, the things that they were doing. It was always their level of mindset and personal growth and development that was holding them back. And when, when I helped them break through that, their business took off. So that was one of the things that I was passionate about. So that kind of led into me coaching more with the content I was putting out. Is there any occupation or really anything in life that mindset isn't the key to success? I believe mindset is everything. I mean, success is 95% mindset, 5% strategy. And you can look at any profession. A lot of them, they have like coaching groups or they do personal growth and development within their organization and they get the same systems. They get the same scripting, the same procedures they're supposed to do in their business. Why is it that 5% of people at the top have a bunch of success? You got some people in the middle and you got some people have the exact same systems, don't do well at all. It's always the level of mindset and personal development that separates the people that do really well and the people that don't. Right. I love it. I just love what you're all about. I could talk all day about that, but take me back to that moment. You know, you're coming out of the water, not necessarily that day or that 24 hour period. It could be days following, but that season, that period of time, was it just an aha moment where you're just like, hey, that could have been my last breath. I'm doing something different. I'm pivoting. Or was it a season of days, weeks, months of just processing things, trying to figure out what you're going to do, how you're going to do it? You're going to keep going down that same path. And the reason why I'm asking you this, Justin, is because statistics show that a huge number of people are in occupations they're not passionate about. They don't feel purpose driven in. They don't feel like their work is really meaningful. And so I think it would be helpful just to kind of get in your head for a moment of when you came out of that water and the hours and days and weeks that followed, talk me through what was that process like? Was there self-doubt even when you thought, well, this is what I want to do, but what if, what if it doesn't pan out financially? What if this, what if that? I mean, what was that like? Yeah, it was one of those moments where the shift happened in an instant. Like I knew, hey, I'm going to make a shift. I'm going to make a bigger impact, but I didn't know what that looked like. So then there was a period of me processing of saying, okay, what does me making a bigger impact even look like? Like I had no idea I was going to run summits and do coaching. And I, I didn't set out to be a coach. That wasn't even on my radar. So there was a period of that. But then with that comes all the voices in your head. You can't do that. Why are you doing that? Why are you putting yourself out? People will judge you. Who are you to put yourself out there? And I think one of the biggest misconceptions is people think they're the only ones that hear those voices. But the reality is anyone who's had success, they've heard those same voices and they felt the fear, but they felt the fear and they did it anyways. So, and I like to tell people like, you have to speak louder than the voices in your head. So that's where affirmations, visualizations, all that stuff comes in to help you overcome the limiting beliefs that you have. But those were definitely there, but I had to keep pushing forward and I think part of it is creating the bigger vision. We have to have a bigger vision for our lives. I mean, part of it is we have to pay the bills. So a lot of times we get in our job because, hey, it's going to be the means to the end. But like you said, it's, it's unfulfilling. So there's two different ways to do that. One is, okay, yeah, do that because you've got to make the ends meet. But if you're not living the purpose too, you are going to be so unfulfilled. 
So can you be fulfilled outside of your job to help fill you up? Start there. And then is there a way to monetize that? Because maybe there is a way out of the job into this over here so you can live a life of more fulfillment, peace, joy, and abundance that you're truly looking for. But for me, there was definitely fear. There was doubt questioning myself, but I knew it was tied to a bigger vision. And it was one of those things, just the knowing, you just know that you know that, hey, God has called me in this direction. One, just surviving the near-death accident. I was like, well, God's not done with me yet. Right. So every day is a gift. And that's one of the hard things too, because a lot of people look at that and say, well, yeah, but that happened to you. So of course you had this aha moment. The reality is like people wait for a rock bottom moment or near-death accident or something to happen in order to change. You don't have to wait for that moment. You can change now. A change happens in an instant as soon as you decide. So you got to decide and then start moving forward. Hey, that's a good word. And so I, I'm gathering you haven't regretted that decision five years later. Absolutely not. Yeah. Get to do this stuff all day. Just talk to people like you can make new amazing connections, speak to people all over the world that are hearing this message. So it's, it's been very fulfilling. Hey, speaking of speaking to people all over the world, tell us about your TEDx talk. How long ago was that? What was the topic? How many views have you had on it? What was that like? Yeah, I spoke last year. So it's been not quite a year yet that I spoke at TEDx. And that was a bucket list thing for me. Again, I remember watching Simon Sinek's Start With Why years ago. And it just, it had an impact on me. I remember like one day I would love to do that. But for me, I was terrified of public speaking. So that's one of the things I had to overcome because I knew the impact I wanted to make on people. But I knew like one day, it was just kind of a dream. I wanted to do that. And I made that dream become a reality. And I was able to share my story, my near-death accident and the lessons I learned. And it's called The Secret to Having More in Life, Lessons from My Near-Death Experience. And that's probably like 13,000 people viewed it right now. But some of the cool things is reading the comments. And one lady put that my seven-year-old daughter watched the video and how I talked about waking up with a purpose. And now she wants to wake up with a purpose. So it's cool to see just the impact that you can make. I mean, just like this, I'm sure people are hearing your podcast and just little nuggets that they get can change everything. Right. And I truly believe like people are one mindset shift away from completely changing their life. Absolutely. I love it. What would you say, Justin, has been one of the practical keys to your success? You've obviously had a lot of success. There's not many people that can say they've given a, a TEDx talk and have, you know, more than 100,000 followers on Instagram and run on the masterminds and the summits and all the things you do. I, I shared a little bit of that in your bio, but what would you say is one of the keys to your success? I think one of the biggest ones that had the most impact is visualization. And really, I think it's deeper than that, more mental rehearsal not just visualizing, trying to picture something, but truly putting yourself into the scene because your mind can't tell the difference of something that's really happening versus something that's vividly imagined. And the thing is, our brain is a record of the past. All the experiences, everything that we've gone through reminds us of who we are, but we can visualize and create who we want to become. And I think truly having a vision of who I want to become, because a lot of people get caught up on, they don't know what they want. Right. You ask people what they want and they tell you all the things I don't want. They're not really clear on what I want. So instead of trying to figure out what you want, figure out who you need to become. Like, who do you want to become? And then ask that person, like visualize that, like what would that person want? And kind of work backwards from the end. So that's been a huge thing. That's one of the things that I did to actually 
manifests. And again, sometimes that can be woo-woo, but manifesting is just bringing into reality. So my TEDx journey went from maybe one day I, I could do that to, you know what? I want to be a TEDx speaker. So I followed the steps. I reached out to a guy, the friend I know that spoke at TEDx and said, what's the process? He said, well, you got to have an idea worth spreading. And then you shoot an application video and then you start applying. He said, to be honest, it will probably take a year to 18 months to actually get accepted to do a TEDx talk if you get accepted. And then speaking of the voices in your head, I've had another friend, multiple best-selling New York Times best-selling author, got denied 11 times from TEDx before he was able to do a TEDx. So voices in my head, who am I? I've never written a best-selling book. Who am I to go speak on these stages? But I put that aside. I created a scene, the visualization. I do this every single night. But for this one specifically, I saw myself on the TEDx stage. It's got that little red circle piece of carpet that you stand on. Right. I could feel the heat of the lights. I could hear the sound of the microphone. The more you can get the senses involved, the more real it feels. But I felt it. I could see when I was looking in the crowd, people nodding their heads as I was speaking. And I actually lived as I was already become a TEDx speaker. Not one day I will be but I am a TEDx speaker. The next day I shot my application video. That night I went back and did the scene again. The next day I was at dinner in, in Nashville with a friend of mine, just randomly an hour into our dinner. He said, yeah, I met a cool guy that came in town earlier this week. He's an organizer for TEDx. I didn't even tell my friend that I was even interested in it at that point. And then I was like, man, I just shot a TEDx video. I'm about to start applying. And he was like, well, I'll connect you with the guy. If he likes your idea, you guys can take it from there. So I connected with the guy that next week and he accepted me right there on the spot. So something that should have taken 12 to 18 months, I had it in a week. But that's the power of priming your reticular activating system in the brain, using visualization and then taking aligned action on that can manifest things in your life very quickly. And I love that you're sharing that. I think too often people, and I know in the past I've done it myself, too often start visualizing something negative and it's yes. it has the opposite effect right i mean it's going to negatively impact our life so speaking of that because i would love for you guys listening go listen to my ted talk share it with someone because i did mention that because mark twain has the quote i live the life of many troubles most of them never happened right and that's what we do we play those stories in their head of what all could go wrong and it keeps us from actually taking action hundred percent. In fact, you saying that just reminded me, I, I just saw again, I'd seen it a few years ago, but uh, Inc.com, there was a study they showed like 91.6% of everything people feared never comes true. I mean, we could spend so much time worrying and thinking and stressing about what ifs and 91% of the time it's not even going to come true, but back to visualization and even the bigger picture of vision. I just think it's so important. I was asked the other day, several of the challenges that I'd been through when I was interviewed on another podcast, what is it that helped you get through? Well, there's a few things that helped me get through, but I think one of the biggest things was visualizing where I was going, having a vision for where I was going, because maybe, I don't know if I activated all my senses or not in visualizing it, but I knew where I was going. I could envision what it was going to feel like and be like to accomplish this thing, to impact those lives, to get to this place, whatever it was. And when you're on mission, when you're living on purpose, on a mission, those challenges, they just don't seem to have as much effect on you as if you don't. 
And so yeah. I think that's a huge golden nugget that you're saying right there. Yeah. And, and vision is so important. I mean, the Bible says without vision, people perish. Right. And one of my favorite stories of vision was with Walt Disney. When he built Epcot, he actually passed away before Epcot opened. And they interviewed his brother, Roy Disney. And one of the reporters said, isn't it a shame that Walt's not around to see this? And Roy Disney said, Walt did see this. That's why you're seeing this today. Right. That's how powerful his vision was. And then it became a reality. I love that story. What would you say has been the biggest challenge that you face to date, Justin, in your, well, personal or professional life? There's been a lot for sure. And I'd say even growing up with such a fear of public speaking. So even in college, I almost failed a speech class because I had a panic attack during my speech. My hands started shaking, looking at my note cards, my voice was shaking, my body just went numb and it was the weirdest feeling, kind of felt like an out-of-body experience. But what it did, it created a story that you can't speak in public. You should never do that again. And the problem is I believed that story for too long. Right. I kept reminding myself anytime I had a chance to speak, nope, you can't do that. That's not for you. But that's the challenge I had to overcome because I knew, again, there's a calling on my life to impact people. So I had to make the calling and the vision bigger than my own insecurities. So then I started doing the things, modeling other people, actually working on the craft, the art of speaking, putting myself out there, but then visualizing. There's a quote in speaking. One of my mentors told me, the key to being a good speaker is a thousand speeches. And I get that because that's true. You get out there, you put yourself out there, you get better. But the cool thing about visualization is you can visualize yourself speaking hundreds of times. And each time, if you really do it and put yourself in that position, your mind can't tell the difference in something real and something vividly imagined. So every time you do that is another opportunity that your brain said, oh, that was another successful speech you gave. That was another great talk that you gave. And because of that, you can build your own confidence through using visualization. Such good tips. You're dropping some golden nuggets here for our listeners, and I'm so glad you are. And for anybody listening that may not be able to wrap your head around that one facet that your mind can't understand the difference between fact and fiction, when you think about going to a movie theater and you watch a sad movie and cry or a scary movie and jump, how in the world, when your conscious mind knows it's not real, how could it invoke emotion? Because the subconscious mind doesn't know it's not real. Oh, it yeah. really has no idea. And so the words that we speak to ourselves, as you said so well, just a few minutes ago, they matter deeply, yeah. deeply. So I loved all the great stuff you're bringing out. I knew this would be a great episode and you're not disappointing. Thank you. So when you think back to this public speaking, this fear, that's a great one. It's a relatable one because I think second to, you know, a box of rattlesnakes, I think public speaking is about <laughs> one of the most common fears that people have. Do you still fear public speaking? I mean, you obviously do it well, but is there still fear involved? Yeah. And it's funny because I got to meet Pastor Stephen Furtick years ago now. And I actually asked him that question. I was like, do you get nervous when you get up to speak? And he said, every single time. Right. That if I didn't, that would mean I didn't care. And what's funny is your body chemically and physically can't tell the difference on being actually scared or being excited. So you can actually channel that nervous energy. Sometimes that nervous energy is actually, we're just excited, but we felt it so much. We believe it's fear. We actually allow it to hold us back. Right. So for me, practical steps from Tony Robbins, I learned you got to model people. 
And I would model like Tony Robbins because I loved how he could speak and, and really impact people. So I looked at like, how does he use his body? How does he use his voice, his energy? What is that like? And then I started rehearsing that myself. And again, it's not trying to become Tony Robbins or become someone else. You model things from different people and you become a better version of yourself. So I would model others that were very good at it, get that physical repetition along with the visualization, getting the reps in that way too. And it helped it become more natural. So then like people ask me, were you nervous at TEDx? And I wasn't because I'd already played it in my head so many times as if I'd already done it. So it was funny. I actually got on that stage and stuff in my visualization came real. The lights, people in the crowd that I looked at and they nodded with me was already something I'd seen in my visualization. So I didn't have anything to be nervous about. What advice would you give to somebody else that has that same struggle? They don't want to fear public speaking. They don't want to fear being called upon in a group setting, whatever the case may be, or maybe getting on stage in front of hundreds or thousands of people. Yeah. So first I, I know what that's like. So a lot of times we think we're alone. We're the only people that feel these fears. You're not alone. Cause like you said, that's one of the most feared things is public speaking, but I think you got to make the vision bigger. So for me, it was a vision that I can impact people and make a difference. And that's a problem for people because you don't realize that you have a voice. Like people want to hear from you. They want to hear your story and you have a story to tell. So that's part of it is owning the fact that you have a story to tell and people do want to hear from you. So then when you can really own that, then the vision can get bigger of, you know what? I can own my story. I can tell my story in a way that helps people. And then you can start modeling others to actually overcome the fear. But I think it really goes back to that vision piece of what can you do? Because that's what it was for me. If I wouldn't have became a speaker, and I'm naturally introverted anyway, so I, I know I'd never would have the impact I have now. I'd just be introverted. I'd keep to myself. I wouldn't live this fulfilled life that I have had I not overcome that fear. So that's yeah. part of it too, because we move towards pain or pleasure. It's painful to speak in the moment, but what pain would it cause if you never overcame that fear? And when you really look at it, you're like, there's more pleasure on the other side of this if I can overcome it. So good. I too am an introvert. I, I say I'm an introvert by birth and an extrovert by choice. Yes. I force myself to do what I do for the greater mission, for the purpose like you. Sounds like we have a lot in common in that regard. Don't take that lightly either because people listening, like they, they just see you're successful and your podcast and all the videos you put on Instagram and just think, oh, it's easy for you. But it's not. Like we all have those fears, worries, doubts, challenges that we have to overcome. But- we don't let it stop us. We feel the fear and we do it anyways. 100%. And, you know, part of my vision is sitting on that rocking chair, figuratively speaking, as the sun is setting on my life and looking back and saying, do I like what that dash on my tombstone is going to represent between 1972 and whatever year my life ends? And what kind of impact did I leave? And what kind of legacy? And that visualizing what I really want to leave behind is what drives me to do the hard things and just realizing too that it's courage to face fear and do it anyway. If there was no fear, then no courage would be required. So you're a great example of that. And it's an inspiration to me and another reason why I love doing these interviews. So keep up the great work. You're inspiring a bunch of people uh, starting you. right here on the other side of the microphone. I love it. I love it. <laughs> if you could go back in time, Justin, what advice would you like to give your younger self? I would say... Be careful who you surround yourself with. So surround yourself with the right people 
And I would say, get a coach, a mentor, mastermind group, all of those things, because they can help shortcut your success. A lot of people say, oh, there is no shortcut to success. But I think that's a lie. Because by hiring coaches, masterminds, people that have gone before you, they can help shortcut the timeline to success by you not having to make all the mistakes that they made along the way. Right. So I'd say definitely surrounding yourself with the right people, hiring coaches, joining masterminds, doing those things, because they can help fast track your success. Have you met anybody yet that has told you, I wish I would have waited longer to hire a coach or join a mastermind or invest dollars and time into these things? Nope, never. They always say, I wish I would have done this six months ago or six years ago or so on. It's always, I wish I would have done it sooner. That's all I've ever heard. And that's my story. And I'm guessing it's probably yours too. Although I don't know. It sounds like you might have come out of the womb reading Tony Robbins. I don't know. I wasn't reading Tony Robbins at 16 years old. But again, that came out of my own insecurities. I struggle with self-confidence, self-esteem, all these things. So that was my own journey of trying to figure out how do I overcome this? And then that goes along, like the best piece of advice I'd ever gotten was in college. And I had this dream. I was still struggling with self-confidence, self-esteem stuff. And I wanted to be a successful business person. So I asked this mentor, like, what can I do now to prepare myself? And I thought he was going to give me some sage business advice and go do this or that. He gave me the simplest but most profound advice. He said, work on yourself. And that's what I did. I just went all in on personal growth and development, mindset, really studying the psychology of success, like what separates and makes people actually perform better. And once I started to get into the mind of that, then I became that. And that did lead to the success that we had. I love hearing that. The best advice that you've received was invest in yourself. Speaking of advice, what is some advice you would give to another person who's in the midst of their challenge right now? I mean, whether it's fear of public speaking, whether it's something personal, professional, physical, whatever it might be, what advice would you give to them? I would say ask for help because, I mean, life's too short to go at it alone anyways. And a lot of times we think we're the only person that's gone through this, but there's people that have gone through this before you that can actually help you whether it's a coach, a mentor, podcasts are a great start. Like this is a chance of, for mentoring through a podcast, but ask for help because people are out here to actually give help. So like the opportunity is there and that goes back to the investing in yourself. Like whenever you invest in yourself, that is the most important investment you can make. There's so many things you can invest your money in, but investing it into yourself can reap the benefits tenfold. That's good stuff, Justin. Great stuff. Do you have a favorite success quote that you would be willing to share with our Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience? Yeah. So you know, I build my businesses on two things. One is that Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve, which goes along with the Zig Ziglar quote. That's my favorite. You can get anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So it's all about that service. Absolutely. What a great one. What is one habit? that you would say has helped you become successful? Yeah. So it goes back to that visualization. And so everybody talks about a morning routine and morning routines are important. And I do believe morning routines set up your day, but it's your evening routine that sets up your life because the evening routine, you can actually start to program your subconscious mind as you fall asleep 
to gain more confidence, to get better skills, to do all these things, you can actually wire your brain by doing visualizations and affirmations before you fall asleep. Love it. So would you say in your opinion, and I agree, both are important. Would you say an evening routine would be even more valuable, short and maybe long-term than a morning routine? Yeah, I think the impact it has and that it can make. And I was actually talking to some of my coaching clients earlier about this. I forgot who wrote about the success failure curve. And it talked about the habits over time, positive habits either lead to success or negative habits lead to failure. And I believe that's kind of lacking though, because what happens for the people, they do everything right, all the positive habits, but they still never hit that true success because it comes down to their level of belief, their identity the success they really believe they're worthy of having. So I think a lot of that can be reprogrammed in our subconscious mind, then combine that with the right habits, then you can really get on that true path to success. Is there one book that you'd recommend to our audience? Yeah, this is always a tough one for me, because like I said, there's a period of 10 years, I read 100 books a year. And I do think it's one, it's the season you're in as far as what book you need in that season. But one of my favorites is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. I love Think and Grow Rich. It's a classic, but I like Outwitting the Devil even better. I, I have not read that book, so I'm going to have to check that one out. It's cool. I just came across it a few years ago now, and he actually wrote it in, I think, 1938. I think it was a year after Think and Grow Rich, but his wife wouldn't let him release it because he didn't want people in the church to judge them. And it actually didn't get released until 2011. The things that he talks about is so true to today, what he says in that book. Wow. I'll have to check it out. There's many definitions of success. The word success we've used a few times, I think, both of us on this interview, and everyone has a different definition of success. How would you define success for Dr. Justin Mosley? And I agree. There's so many different definitions and it is really personal. Like what's success to you? And for me, I think it comes down to being able to do what you want, when you want, with who you want to do it with. And it's as simple as that for me. I love it. What excites you about the future, Justin, when you think about it? Maybe it's something you're working on, a project, something personally, or just something in general about the environment we're in, the world we're living or whatever. But when you think about the future, what's exciting you at this moment in time? Yeah, I'm thinking about just the impact I'll be able to make because ramping up my podcast now, YouTube channel, there's a lot of stuff that I'm putting out there and I'm just excited to see the impact that it's going to make. I'm excited to see the impact it's going to continue to make as well. And that's a great position to be in thinking about the future and the impact our work and our lives can make. What would you say is the best way for our listeners to connect with you and follow along on your journey as we wrap this up? Yeah. So I've got a bunch of free resources at drjustinmosley.com slash links. Connect with me on Instagram, Mosley. Would love for you to like, comment, share my TEDx video, because that just helps it share to more people. So you can just in YouTube, look up Justin Mosley and you'll find my TEDx there. Right on. And we'll link Justin to all three of those that you just mentioned in the episode notes down below for our listeners so that they can just easily access that. Do you have any closing comment you might like to share with our listeners on the way out here? Yeah, I think especially being a success podcast is just knowing you are enough. Because I got stuck in that trap early on of like thinking when I reached a certain level, then I would make it, then I could be happy, then whatever. I know you are enough now and just owning that and then creating the new vision of what you can become. But know right now you are enough. And if you are stuck, 
reach out for help. I love it. That's a great word to go out on. Thank you so much for taking your valuable time here to hop on the show and share some of your experience, story of your life and uh, wisdom and golden nuggets with our listeners. Thanks so much, Dr. Justin. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contact page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.